Welcome, welcome, welcome. Happy Wednesday, everybody. Welcome to NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If this is your first time uh, hearing my voice or seeing my face, whether you're listening on the podcast or you are watching on the YouTube channel or you're watching live and you're like, who's this lady? Uh, I'm Natalie Pierre-Lewis. I'm the host of the show and I'm the owner and operator of NPL Consulting LLC, a business formation firm. What that means is I help people like yourself get your business paperwork together. So things like making sure you have your articles of incorporation, making sure you have EIN numbers and DUNS numbers, um, basically, you know, all the ID numbers for your business, getting contract templates for um, clients and partners so you don't get left holding the bag. Um, brand protection strategies so people don't steal your business ideas, and hiring and training strategies so that you don't get sued for discrimination. I help you do all of these things. If you're wondering why I'm qualified to help you, I'm very happy that you asked. I am a licensed attorney. I have been one for 15 years and counting. I've started multiple businesses for myself and others, both online and offline. I've had many careers in the realms of entrepreneurship, the law, education, hospitality, and administrative support. And most important, I'm very passionate about making business and legal education as accessible to everyone as possible. Not everybody has the time, the money, or the desire to go to business school or to law school, but a lot of you have a amazing business ideas. And if you're going to be successful, there are just some things that you need to know. Um, so if you are in the startup phase of your business, or you've been in business for a while, but you know, you never bothered to get your paperwork official and you need to do that because you know, you're growing or, you know, you just need some help structuring your ongoing business. I want to help you. Okay. Go to Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm and book yourself a free 15-minute consultation today. Um, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is also where you can download the free biz launch cheat sheet that will help you choose and start your dream business in seven days or less. Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is where you can subscribe to the YouTube channel and the podcast. So if you ever miss an episode of this fantastic show, all right, that's going to get picked up by a television station one day or some network, uh, you know, you can catch up at your leisure. Um, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is also where you can access many of my digital products, my ebooks, and my video trainings. Um, and last but not least, Linktree forward slash NPL Consulting Firm is where you can get your show merch, your tees, your cut, your mugs, all right? If you are a part of the NPL Nuggets gang, rep your set. Go grab yourself one today, okay? All right. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything on the yeah. All right. So that, all right. So we have done our house. Well, we're not done with our housekeeping. Now we're moving on to the show side of things. Um, just in case there's somebody watching who doesn't know what's happening, or maybe you've been out for a while and you forgot what we do here. So here's what happens at NPL Legal Dish. Uh, we pull stories from the news. Y'all send me stories. 76 Grimcrest, she's right here. She is like, you know, the writing team for the show. I need to ask her to do this. She sends me a lot of stories. I find stories, you know, in lots of places. I find a lot of inspiration. Hey, Nat Rock Queen. 
And we take stories that have lessons that we can learn as entrepreneurs and as business owners, and we talk about them, okay? So this is a time for you to get involved. It's a time for you to ask your questions and to give your comments as long as they're respectful. It's a lot more fun when we are participating together. So don't be afraid to, you know, give me your opinions. And I'm going to be asking you questions as well. I'm going to be asking you to give me emojis. Um, So, you know, get your fingers ready as long as you're not driving. If you're driving, please keep your hands on the wheel. I will not be held responsible for any motor vehicle accidents, okay? All right. So, now that we've gotten all that out of the way, let's get started on tonight, okay? All right, friends. Um, Anybody watching, our first story of the night. Have any of you ever been to the state of Kentucky? If you have ever been to the state of Kentucky, give me a, a drumstick. Give me a chicken leg emoji. Um, because, you know, Kentucky Fried Chicken. <laughs> Even though I haven't had KFC in years. Uh, but if you have ever been to the state of Kentucky, give me a fried chicken emoji or some type of chicken emoji. 76 Grimke said no. And Nat Rock Queen, have you been to Kentucky? Cheryl, have you been to Kentucky? My other friend who's watching on Facebook, uh, I, I can't see your name, but have you been to Kentucky? All right, so Nat Rock Queen has not been to Kentucky either, all right? Well, whether or not you've been to Kentucky, you know that Kentucky is a state. Uh, did you guys know that there is a University of Kentucky? If you have heard of University, thank you, Cheryl. If you have heard of University of Kentucky, um, give me a student emoji. If you have heard of the University of Kentucky, give me a student emoji, okay? Uh, Now, University of Kentucky, they have been around for a long while, um, and they have had a phrase that they have used for their... uh, school athletics for a while. Team Kentucky. Very simple phrase. They've had this trademark for athletic clothing since 1997. So they've had this trademark for 21 plus three, for 24 years, right? Um, thank you, Nat Rock Queen, for the, um, for the student emoji. Okay, Shaw, you haven't heard of University of Kentucky? All right. Oh, you have? Okay. Uh, well, yes. Yeah, so University of Kentucky, they, their phrase, you know how schools, they have their phrases like Ohio State University. They're like, you know, go Buckeyes or the Ohio State University. Their thing is Team Kentucky, right? And they've had this um, trademark since 1997. Now, fast forward to 2019. Um, in During the governor's race for the state of Kentucky, um, the current governor, whose name I apparently forgot to write down, um, he started using the phrase Team Kentucky, right? He was he used that as a phrase for his political campaign. And then when he won, after, you know, corona broke out and everything, um, they were basically using the, the, the phrase Team Kentucky um, for their efforts to battle uh, COVID-19, you know, they used it for fundraisers and things like that. To the point that the state of Kentucky is now trying to trademark Team Kentucky for themselves. Now, U- University of Kentucky, as you may uh, have probably guessed, they opposed this trademark application. But there is a twist to this. They basically said they opposed this trademark only because 
They had to and they wanted to protect their mark. Supposedly, University of Kentucky is totally on board with the state trademarking team Kentucky, but they said that they had to file this opposition um you know, just to protect their interests. They basically said, look, we were just doing our job. We have a trademark. We have to make sure that, you know, nobody steps on our toes. But governor, you know, go on ahead with that trademark. Um, so there's no real opposition here. Now, what can we learn from this case? Um, when I was reading this article, the author said they don't even know how far, how this case got this far because University of Kentucky and the state of Kentucky are pretty much working hand in hand. Um, but, um, the, uh, but I think this is interesting because it shows that, you know, you have to be diligent about protecting your mark, even if you're supporting someone. University of Kentucky is like, look, we know our phrase, it's, it's trademark for athletic clothing. But just in case the state of Kentucky decides to, hey, Beast Mode Burke, just in case the state of Kentucky decides to start making t-shirts and stuff or selling, uh, you know, merch, athletic clothing with Team Kentucky on it, we want them to remember that Team Kentucky, that belongs to us in that realm, okay? Um, so, University of Kentucky filed an opposition not because they're really opposed to the state of Kentucky using Team Kentucky, but because they were just protecting their interests and they felt like they were doing their due diligence. Now, I want to know from you guys, do you think that University of Kentucky had to go through all this? Do they have to go through the formal opposition? Or do you think there's another route that they could have taken to be like, you know, hey, you know, go on ahead with yourself, state of Kentucky, just make sure you don't come into our lane? Or was was filing an opposition their only option? Nat Rock Queen says, so if they sell merchandise, who gets the profits? Well, Nat Rock Queen, that, that's the difference. So University of Kentucky, their trademark for Team Kentucky is for athletic clothing, right, for their school. State of Kentucky is looking to trademark it for their efforts in fundraising for COVID-19 and, and community state efforts. So they're not using it for sports. So these are kind of two different realms, right? But University of Kentucky still needs to make sure that they understand, hey, look, you know, we understand, we want y'all to be Team Kentucky, but we still need to make sure that people know that Team Kentucky was ours when it comes to the athletic clothing. So this is basically just, you know, um, what do you call that? It's, um, it's a preliminary move to, 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 to protect their name, but they don't really have a problem with the state using Team Kentucky. They just want to make sure that the state doesn't do it trying to sell t-shirts and hoodies and stuff, because that's what University of Kentucky does, okay? Um, so does, does that, does that, um, clear it up for you, Nat Rock Queen? Does that clear it up for you, my dear? <clears throat> Let me know. Um, now that doesn't mean that state of Kentucky can't, you know, make t-shirts and stuff, but you know, they'll probably give them away at, you know, I don't know, city, well, county festivals, things like that, or it'll just be a totally different design. Um, but we'll wait and see what happens between, uh, w with state of Kentucky and university of Kentucky. Okay. All right. Next story we are talking about, uh, if you have heard of the high-end streetwear brand called Off-White. 76 degrees at Barn Fires? What, what are Barn Fires? What, what do Barn Fires have to do with Kentucky? Girl, I'm from the city. I don't know nothing about no Barn Fires. Um, 
Cheryl said, I think it's CYA move. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's, it's definitely a CYA move. Um, okay. Hey, open arms cleaning. Hey, hey. It's definitely a CYA move and it's a smart move. You need to defend your mark out there to make sure people don't step on your toes, right? Okay. So, uh, moving on. If you have heard of the high-end streetwear brand Off-White, give me give me a boot emoji because we're going to be talking about shoes. If you have heard of Off-White, Give me a boot emoji. Now, um, while you guys are doing that, if you don't know what I'm talking about, where have you been? We talk about, um, give team shirts always. You said festivals. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah. Oh, okay. Now I understand. Thank you for the boots. Thank y'all for the boots. Cheryl said she's never heard of it. Yes, we have definitely talked about Off-White before on this show, even if you don't know about them. They are a high-end streetwear brand. They sell uh, modified Nikes for $900 and $300 belts that I don't like. Um, Off-White is not for me. It's for the young people, and that's fine. Have your things, right? Um, The originator of Off-White, the the designer, the owner of Off-White, he is always trying to trademark something for his brand. When we first started talking about Off-White, he was trying to get trade um, red zip ties trademarked for his sneakers. He wanted red trademark red zip ties to be the trademark for his sneakers. Then he tried to trademark um, basically bags that had the words product bag on them. He tried to trademark the phrase product bag for the bags that he was selling. Um, on both fronts, he is still fighting. I think he lost product bag. I think he's still fighting against the red zip ties. Um, but Virgil Abloh is always trying to trademark something that's very mundane, something that's very like common and weird and trying to make it a thing. So recently, uh, Virgil Abloh tried to trademark the phrase for walking in quotation marks for boots. Um, uh, they're like thigh high boots and they say for walking on them and they have quotation marks, right? Now, when we talk about trademarks, trademarks are supposed to differentiate your brand in the marketplace, right? When people see your trademark, they're supposed to think, oh, that's so-and-so's brand, right? It's what you don't want a generic name. So, um, like, hmm, let me think. So like, okay, so let's take the Apple example. I talk about that all the time, right? Apple Technologies, their 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 products have nothing to do with apples, right? So having naming their company Apple, that's unique in their field. But if someone were an Apple farmer and tried to name their product Apple, that would be a problem because it's too generic, right? Um, so Off-White, Virgil Abloh, he's trying to get for walking in quotation marks, trademarked for his boots. He's saying that, um, you, you know, that, that the quotation marks is what makes the for walking um, distinct. He's saying that, you know, when people see those quotation marks on my items, they know that it's an off-white product, right? Meanwhile, the USPTO is saying, you think your silly quotation marks makes for walking less generic? What are you smoking, right? 
Um, and so there's go, there's a lot of pushback between Virgil Abloh and the USPTO. They have a problem with him because they feel like he tries to trademark generic things, right? So, uh, and for me, um, no, what I wanted to talk to you guys about is what do you think about this? Um, do you think Virgil Abloh is a genius or is he just lazy? Like I said, he's tried to trademark red zip ties for his shoes. He's tried to trademark the phrase product bag in quotation marks for his bags. He is now trying to trademark for walking for shoes. And he, uh, he also tried to, to, to get a, a, a design, uh, a trade, a trade dress design for a paper clip necklace, right? So it's, he's always trying to make something, take something mundane and elevate it. For me, I feel like he's just kind of pushing, um, you know, pushing against the USPTO to see if something sticks. Cause his thing is like, when people see the quotation marks, they know it's my thing. And I think that when he has these, um, these trademark applications, it puts him in the news. So people are starting to, to, um, you know, associate him more with the, uh, quotation marks. Um, Cheryl said, no genius there, just lazy, right? Okay, so Cheryl thinks he's just being lazy. Does anyone think that Virgil Abloh's strategy of trying to trademark mundane things for his products, do you think it's genius or do you think he's just non-imaginative? What do you guys think about it? What do you think? Because the USPTO is fed up. They're like, girl, you think some quotation marks makes this any better? What are you talking about? But for me... When I'm out in the street, I do see products, items that have, you know, the quotation marks. And I'm like, oh, that must be an off-white product, right? So maybe Virgil Abloh is onto something. What do you guys think? Excuse me. What do you guys think? Um, Nat Raw Queen said too much. It may backfire on him. Maybe, but his stuff sells like hotcakes, girl. His shoes run like... $900, $900, the belts, like, the, I don't, I don't know if it's because they're, they, they are limited in quantity, but he makes money off his stuff. 76 Grim K said he's doing too much. Okay, so she does not think there's any genius there. She thinks he's just being lazy. Does anybody think that his, his method, that, that this strategy he has, does anybody think it's smart? Does anybody think it's inventive? Even if you wouldn't do it yourself. Do you think that, uh, you know, maybe there, maybe there is some ingenuity there? Cause I know, wait, so we have Cheryl said no, Nat Raw Queen said no, 76 Grimke said no, uh, so I'm wait, I'm waiting to hear from a couple more people unless you're driving. But, um, yeah, so it seems like Virgil Abloh is dead set on getting something. It's, he's really pushing these quotation marks, Right. That's his thing. His thing is like, these quotation marks define my brand. But do you think quotation marks are enough to differentiate for walking on a pair of boots? Because when you think about it, any pair of shoes that you put on your feet are for walking, right? So it wouldn't necessarily differentiate a brand. What do you guys think? What y'all think? Most of y'all are saying, Virgil, get a life. Um, And I don't disagree with you. Okay. Um, Cyrus's Grimke said, nah. Okay. All right. So yeah, if you want to get in your last minute comments, um, before we move on to our next stories, um, I want to remind you guys that you are watching NPL legal. Ah! 
my pen just flew out of my hand. <laughs> I want to remind you guys that you are watching MPL Legal Tips. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. If you are in the startup phase of your business and you are looking for some legal guidance to, you know, get you on the right track, you're like, I don't know where to go get my articles of incorporation. I don't know how to protect my brand. I don't know where I can get a contract. I want to help you, okay? Go to linktree forward slash MPL Consulting Firm and book yourself a free 15-minute consultation today, all right? Um, okay, moving on to our next story. Um, if you own New Balance sneakers, give me a sneaker emoji. If you own New Balance sneakers, give me a sneaker emoji, okay? Um, in my stories today, I posted a picture of two two different uh, brands of sneakers, and I asked you guys if they were too close for comfort, and the majority of you said that they were, all right? And uh, this story has to do with New Balances. 76 Grimke has New Balances. Okay, anybody else have New Balances? New New Balances are good for running, because I got, um, I have, like, low arches. I need a lot of arch support. And New Balance's, New Balance sneakers are really good for me when it comes to arch support. Nobody else has New Balances? Okay. Well, even if you don't own a pair of New Balances, you know what they are. They are, you know, a pretty well-known brand of uh, athletic shoe. Um, and they are, they, they, their signature... Uh, Cheryl said yes. Okay. And their signature is, you know, a capital N on the side of their shoes for the most part. Um, and that's something that they've had protected for a long time. Well, uh, New Balance is suing Michael, uh, Nat Rock Queen said no, Open Arms Queen said no. Well, New Balance is suing Michael Kors because they're saying that he is infringing on their trademark. Um, according to them, Michael Kors's uh, shoe lines, the Olympia and Pippin lines, They are infringing on New Balance's trade dress and their trademark. Um, Again, I posted the two different shoes in my stories. The Michael Kors shoe is on the left, I believe, and the New Balance shoe is on the right. Um, And New Balance is suing Michael Kors for trademark infringement. They're saying, look, his shoe looks way too close to our shoe. It even has that N on the side. And on top of that, they said, Michael Kors has been documented in interviews saying that he loves New Balance shoes and he wears them all the time, right? So, New Balance is suing the Michael Kors line for trademark infringement. So, if you have, if you saw the shoe, if you saw the shoes that I posted in my stories, I want to know from you guys, do you think New Balance, do they have a credible fear of confusion here? Is there a possibility that someone might see this Michael Kors shoe and think that it's a New Balance? And if you haven't seen the picture, please go check out my story real quick right now. It's like the first one I feel like. Okay. Let me know what you think about that. Do you think that the Michael Kors shoe and the New Balance shoe, are they too close to each other? I think they are. I think that, you know, they uh, whoever was doing whatever they, they, they thought it, Michael Kors, they got carried away, and I don't know why they thought they were going to get away from it. Michael Kors, you sue people all the time. We had a story 
about the Michael Kors brand suing a woman who was selling fake Michael Kors um, phone cases on Etsy, and they, you know, sued her for like $200,000. So I don't understand why you would do this. Cheryl said, I can see the similarity. I would mistake these for New Balance. Okay. 76 Grimke said, yes, they are too similar. Okay. So we seem to all be in agreement that New Balance, they, are, they have a right, you know, the, their right to do this, to oppose this design by Michael Kors. But my question is, Michael Kors, what's going on? You are, um, and, and granted, I know it's not Michael Kors himself, whatever, his team, but you are a renowned design line. People know you. They respect the name Michael Kors. Why would you guys do this? Especially with a brand that is pretty pretty big, a brand that's just as just as well known as you are, that has just as much money to fight you. Why would you do this? Why? Um, but you know, whatever. I don't know why people do the things that they do. That is their problem. Okay. Um, 76 Grim K said, stick with those MKs. Right! You could have just put MK on the shoe. Dumb. Anyway, you know what? No, let me, sorry. I, I, I'm not trying to offend nobody in case Michael Kors wants to collaborate with me one day. Send me some shoes, Michael Kors. I'll take them. <laughs> All right. Okay, so we will have to wait and see what happens between New Balance and Michael Kors. And of course, I will keep you guys updated. All right. Moving on to our next story. Um, if you are a baseball fan, if you watch baseball, please give me a baseball emoji. If you like baseball, give me a baseball emoji. Um, while I respect the game of baseball, it's not my favorite. I don't find it. Um, hey, Smith Legal Solutions. Hey, girl. Uh, baseball isn't my favorite sport. I'm, I mostly like to watch football if I'm watching sports. But if you're a baseball fan, um, give me a baseball emoji, okay? Baseball. Mm, mm. <laughs> you laughing at me. Open on screen. All right. Um, whether or not you're a baseball fan, if you didn't know, uh, the name of the Philadelphia <clears throat> baseball team or the Philadelphia baseball team, they have a mascot called Philly Fanatic. Um, I posted a picture of him in the stories, and I asked you guys what his name was, and nobody got it. So I guess you're not Philly fans. Um, but if you didn't know, mascots have copyrights. When you, uh, like the design of a mascot, uh, open arms cleaning said boring. What's boring? The the mascot? Oh, oh, the game. Yeah, baseball is hard to watch. I don't like watching it. Um, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, so mascots have copyrights to them. The way they look, the way they're designed, that's something that can be protected, right? And this does not, and, and Philly Fanatic is not exempt from this. Um, Smith Legal Solutions said, I like the players, not the game. Listen, listen, okay? Um, but yes, Philly Fanatic um, was designed in the late 70s and uh by two designers and they licensed the design to the Phillies team in 1984 okay um yes uh in, in 1984 uh and and so basically the Phillies have been renting out the the look of Philly fanatic right um but then uh uh but but then um they they revamped 
they revamped Philly Fanatics. So in 2019, um, the, the team, they, uh, redesigned Philly Fanatic, right? But, um, the original designers of Philly Fanatic, they wanted their copyright of Philly Fanatic back. So remember, they were basically licensing out. They were giving the Phillies permission to use this version of Philly Fanatic. And then it was time for contract negotiations. And they were like, so we think we're going to take this back, right? But, so, but then the Phillies team, they found somebody to redesign Philly Fanatic. Now, it's not, you know, major differences. Um, it, I read the description the, the differences, they're small, but they make a difference, right? Um, so when the original designers, they went back and they're like, well, we're taking our stuff back. The Phillies, they went to court and they, and the judge said, look, the Phillies changed this design. This is different from the original thing that y'all created. So they can use this new design. It may not be that different from what you guys created, but it's different enough that you don't have copyright protection for this. So the Philly fanatic, um, the, the new one, he can, you know, roam free on the baseball fields. Um, but this is why it's important to make sure that you have your P's and Q's aligned, making sure that your stuff is unique so that you don't have these problems. And also look at the power of licensing. Um, look at the power of licensing. Whoever designed Philly fanatic, I'm sure they got paid a pretty penny, right? And on top of the fact that they were licensing it out, they were consistently making money from the Phillies. Now, because they changed the design, the Phillies, they can go off on their own and do their own thing. They don't have to worry about this licensing, this, this licensing um, thing anymore, all right? So that's why it's important to be unique so you don't, you're not on, under anybody's thumb. Because now that they have their own design, Philly Fanatic belongs to the Phillies, all right? So good luck to them. If you're a baseball fan, uh, good luck. Okay, before we move on to our last two stories, oh, excuse me, y'all, I'm so congested, I don't know why. Before we move on to our last two stories, um, I want to just do a couple of shout-outs here. One quick one to Smith Legal Solutions, she popped in, um, she is a colleague of mine, um, if you guys are looking for a business conference to attend very soon, there is one Labor Day weekend that's happening in Arkansas, Accelerate 180, I went to it last year, and I, well, year before last, and I was super blessed, and Smith Legal Solutions is going to be, um, doing a panel on there, so if you are in the Arkansas area, or near the Arkansas area, and I think they have virtual tickets too, go check out Smith Legal Solutions so you can get your tickets, okay? And also... For those of you who may have just tuned in, I'm watching, uh, you are watching NPL Legal Dish. This is my Monday through Wednesday live broadcast where I teach business and legal concepts using pop culture and celebrity news. I, again, I broadcast most Monday through Wednesdays at 8 p.m., but if you ever miss an episode, right, no problem, doll, uh, you can always subscribe to my YouTube channel and my podcast so you can catch up at your leisure, because you can't make it every night, okay? Look, I can't make it every night. Um, but the YouTube channel, I've got over 400 videos on there for you to watch of different stories and concepts and, and you learn, you can learn these business concepts that can seem very abstract in a very concrete way. All right, cool. So make sure you're subscribed to the YouTube channel and the podcast. All right, moving on to our last two stories of the evening. If you are a SpongeBob fan or if you've heard of SpongeBob, give me a sponge emoji. I don't care, even if you don't like SpongeBob. I want everybody who's watching to give me a sponge emoji. All right. 
Um, this is a funny story. So, we all know Spongebob, you know, he is a famous character owned by Nickelodeon, TV shows, games. Me and my friends in college, we used to have, thank you, we used to have, um, we used to have this deck of Uno cards that were a special edition Spongebob edition, um, Uno cards, and they had something called the Super Absorbency card, and if you put the Super Absorbency card down, um, on somebody, they had to pick up a card from the person on the left, a card from the person on the right, and they had to pick up a card from the deck. So it was a great way to, you know, to, to trip up somebody who might be getting close to Uno in the game, right? So SpongeBob is everywhere. Collaborations making Nickelodeon millions and billions of dollars, right? Um, and a lot of people, thank you, Cheryl. Oh, thank you for all the sponges, guys. And a lot of people want a piece of that SpongeBob money, but they can't afford the licensing. So let me tell you how somebody tried to try to get around um, intellectual property law and got uh, and got their face cracked. So there is or or was there is a pop up restaurant in Houston, Texas that is calling themselves Rusty Crab, Crab with a K. They're calling themselves Rusty Crab, not Krusty Crab, Rusty Crab, right? Um, and it is a SpongeBob experience. They, they, they describe it as, you know, an experience that is influenced by the, the, their favorite cartoon of their childhood, right? So you go there and there's tons of adventures that are, you know, quote unquote, kind of, you know, Spongebob themed, but they don't call it Spongebob, right? So instead of Squidward, they have Octoword. Instead of Patrick Star, they have Pinky. Um, and instead of Spongebob, they have a character they call the Big Sponge, right? Um, <clears throat> now, meanwhile, they're, you know, they think they're getting around this because they're not using, you know, the Spongebob name or any of the actual characters, right? Um, Nickelodeon finds out about this pop-up restaurant and they're like, excuse me, I don't know who you think you are or who you think you're fooling, but this whole thing, we're shutting it down, right? They're like, no, they filed a trademark infringement suit against Rusty Crab because they're saying you're infringing upon our SpongeBob, our, our SpongeBob themed things. Like SpongeBob is worldwide. People know what SpongeBob is. You're trying to capitalize on this. Even though, like, they say in their description that they're not affiliated with, uh, you know, whatever, the show and all that. But they do say that they're influenced by it. So Nickelodeon has sued them for $350,000, as well as any profits they have received from their pop-up restaurant and a 10% royalty fee. Because if you're going to try and, you know capitalize off Spongebob, you gotta run Nickelodeon their money, right? Um, and the, uh, on top of that, being associated with Rusty Crab is not a good look for Nickelodeon, because this pop-up restaurant, people have been complaining about the fact that they have very high prices, and the location is not up to par, they're saying that it's dirty, um, you know, stuff looks dingy, and that's not what Nickelodeon's about, Right? Nickelodeon is about, you know, bright colors, making things great for the kids. If you go to, I don't know if Nickelodeon, does Nickelodeon have an amusement park or something? But if you go to a Nickelodeon branded anything, it's going to be top notch. 
So they don't want to be out here associated with, you know, some bum, you know, knockoff thing that can't even get their, their act right. So Nickelodeon is suing Rusty Crab, um, and they want them to stop, you know, this sham of a SpongeBob experience that they have created in Houston, Texas. So what is the lesson here? Ladies and gentlemen, you're, uh, you need to, I always tell you this, do not build your business on the back of somebody else's reputation. Create your own experience. Y'all could have done water world experience. You could have done different characters, but you literally just took the characters and changed the name. All right. So don't build your business reputation on someone else's back because if they fall, you fall, or they're going to sue you for intellectual property infringement. All right. Um, so yes, uh, now Rusty Crab, they seem to still be in, uh, you know, in service. Um, I don't know what's going to happen, but it's a pop-up restaurant, so it's probably not going to last too, too long. Pop-up restaurants usually go for about three to six months, so we'll see. Um, Nat Rock Queen said, uh, King's Dominion in Doswell, Virginia has Nickelodeon characters. King, they do, but they're probably associated with, uh, with Nickelodeon, though. If they're doing that, I don't feel like they would just do that off out, um, without permission. It would be too easy to catch them. All right. Okay. Last story of the evening. Um, how many of y'all have seen this story going around about the, the, the Nirvana guy? Um, if you, if you have heard of the, the band Nirvana, the grunge band Nirvana from the nineties, Kurt Cobain, Courtney Love. Um, if you have heard of Nirvana, give me an N, right? Um, and if you, if you have heard of Nirvana, you probably know about, um, Nat Rock Queen said King's Dominion is an amusement park. Yes, they are associated with them. Okay. I've never been to King's Dominion. So, all right. All right. But moving forward, uh, thank you for the N Smith legal solutions, right? So do y'all remember that cover from Nirvana's like, uh, album with the baby with, and the doll, the babies in the water. If you remember that, give me a baby emoji, right? Um, so the, 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 I saw this story, the story on the local news is even, I've seen it for the last couple of days. So the guy who was the baby on the Nirvana album, he is suing Nirvana for using his, him in, on their cover. He's saying that they sexually exploited him, um, because, you know, he was a naked baby, uh, and they said, you know, because he was chasing a dollar, it was promoting, I don't know, sexual exploitation of children. Now, mind you, this guy has, he has recreated this cover, not once, but at least twice, uh, you know, he's gotten some cool gigs out of it, um, and now he's trying to sue Nirvana because he's saying that, um, you know, they, they violated his rights, right? And that they didn't get his parents' permission um, to, to use his photo, right? Now, this is a little off topic because, yes, they, I, um, they didn't go into super specifics, but... If you have recreated this photo at least twice throughout your life and you've been recognized for it, why are you suing them now? Right? He said he's saying that, you know, it, it's it's 
kind of ruined his life because this is what he's known for. Listen, I want to be known as the baby on the cover of, of, of an amazing album. Let, let me be known as, you know, whatever, the, the, the poster child for whatever. Run me a check, right? But now he's going back and saying that they didn't get the proper permissions and they sexually exploited him. Now, I am not taking away from anybody's experience. Your truth is your truth. But, sir... How long ago was this album? Um, 76 Grimkin said he probably needs money. And that's what I was thinking too, right? Um, like what, what, why now? Why? I don't know how many years after the album this was. This has to be at least 30 years or something. When, when did Nirvana's album come out? Somebody please tell me. But Nat Rock Queen said he wants some royalties. Okay. But what could they possibly offer him, right? Um, I, I feel like uh, un- unless they stole the picture from his parents, somebody had to give permission. Who took the photo? Where did you get the photo? Cheryl Whiteside said, I think he ran out of money. Okay, so you guys think this is a money grab. Okay, uh, and I agree with you guys. I think this guy, he 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 was able to ride the, you know, the, the wave of Nirvana for a real long time, but it's, you know, it's slowing down and he's got to figure out a way to, uh, you know, make himself relevant again. That's, that's my take on it. Um, anybody else got another theory? I mean, do you, do you think that this was sexual exploitation of a child? If you, if you remember this cover, if you can look it up, do you think that that cover, uh, could be, um, what do you call that? Could be construed as sexual exploitation of a child. He's saying that because, hi Cooks Yolanda, because they showed his genitalia and they showed him swimming towards a dollar that it, it is promoting the sexual exploitation of children. What do you guys think about that? Hmm. What do you think? Uh, 76 Grimkin said COVID slowing down his money. Listen, I don't know what, what old boy was doing prior to COVID, but you know, I could be, could be. All right. On top of the fact that you've recreated this cover multiple times. Um, Smith Legal Solutions said no, as many naked babies that appeared on album covers back then. Right! You're not the first naked baby on a, You're not the first naked person on an album. So, um, yeah, I think this is a money grab, whatever, uh, but it's a lot. Um, Nat Rock Queen said, who knew it was him unless he broadcast? Right! I would never know who you are. I, I, cause I was not Googling who is the baby in the Nirvana app. Now, maybe some people are, but whatever. Um, yeah. Um, good luck to you, sir. I really don't think that, that he's going to get much. Maybe they'll toss him a couple thousand or something, but sir, you're just making a spectacle of yourself. But that is, um, my opinion. That's kind of off me from what we, what we usually talk about, but I just thought it was hilarious. Um, Okay. All right. So those were the stories that I wanted to talk to you about tonight. Um, we will be back on Monday with more stories, um, back to our regular schedule, 8 PM. Uh, cannot wait. If you find any stories that you want me to talk about, please, please, please send them my way. You know, I love when you send me stories. It lets me know what you want me to talk about. Um, what a, make sure that you check out Smith Legal Solutions at uh, Accelerate 180, guys. 
you know, I business, I really feel like business is a way for us to turn our fortunes around and accelerate 180 is an amazing inspiring experience so if you have the chance to attend or participate please please do i cannot because i have um because i have a prior engagement but if you can go oh thank you smith legal solutions thank you girl um but yeah uh so this is where i leave you we'll be back on monday with more stories um we'll be starting a new topic on monday as well i gotta look at my schedule syllabus to see um what we're starting but um take care of yourselves wash your hands um wear your masks what else stay inside if you can y'all all right so have a good night love y'all bye